This is Dwayne McCreary, and you're listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Leader Podcast. The purpose of this introduction podcast is to give some background on the Gospel of John, especially on chapters 12 through 21, which will be our focus in Explore the Bible for the spring 2023 season. We also want to introduce to you Amber Vaden and why Amber is joining us on this podcast in the first place. Let me deal with that first. For the past 13 years, I've given leadership to the Adult Explore the Bible team. I've enjoyed getting to know many of you in the process, and your emails have always made me a better servant of the church. But in the middle of 2022, I began to transition to the role of manager of adult ongoing Bible studies. In this new role, I carry the responsibility of all resources created by Lifeway for adult ongoing Bible study groups with Explore the Bible being one of them. In this new role, I will coach and develop the next generation of editors, designers, and team leaders who will reach a new generation with the gospel through ongoing Bible study groups. God's been gracious to me over the years and is now allowing me to pass on that experience, and I am grateful for that opportunity. When that transition began, one of the first things on my list was to find the next person to lead the Explore the Bible adult team. We had more than 100 candidates, which brings us to Amber. She'd been working on the Bible Saves for Life adult team at Lifeway, mostly focused on resources for young adults and the Bible Studies for Life daily discipleship guide. As we interviewed, she came to the top and eventually began her transition to team leader of Adult Explore the Bible with that transition taking place while the team was editing the spring 2023 resources. And now here we are. So Amber, I want to thank you for joining me today and for taking on the Explore the Bible adult team leader role. Thank you, Dwayne. It has been an honor to serve uh, on the Bible Studies for Life team for 10 years. Uh, Developing curriculum is It's a gift, and getting to serve churches and Bible study groups is definitely something that I consider a privilege, and I'm glad to get to to do that uh, in my work. Uh, During my time on the Bible Studies for Life team, uh, we designed and launched Bible Studies for Life Young Adult, which was very exciting and a lot of fun. And then later, we launched the Bible Studies for Life Daily Discipleship Guide. So there were some really... uh, neat things to get to work on, uh, very significant to me to get to pour into those resources. Uh, Before coming to Lifeway, I served in collegiate ministry for over 12 years, uh, and most recently was with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board as a collegiate ministry specialist at Middle Tennessee State University. And that's not the the only place you've you've been uh, on in campus ministry, though, right? You were also at LSU and uh, Arkansas State, right? Yes, I've been at um, those two that you mentioned, LSU, Arkansas State, and Arkansas Tech University. Uh, so a lot of opportunity to serve college students and to be a part of developing group Bible study resources for them, uh, which has kind of led me to this. So it's been a passion of mine to to be a part of group Bible study ministries, and it's just a privilege to get to create resources for our churches. What are some of the things that excite you the most about Explore the Bible? 
gosh, there's so much to like. I, um, I'm a fan of Explore the Bible resources. Uh, I really appreciate all of the options that we have now for group leaders and group members uh, as they study each week, as they come together. We know there's a real desire to know God's Word, and I think Explore the Bible offers such an easy way to grasp each book of the Bible um, as we progress through our study plan so that at the very end of the study plan, uh, you would have a very good understanding of each book of the Bible and how they how they connect and share the whole story of Scripture. I may be more excited about our leader resources. Currently, we're working on adding features to our Fall 23 Leader Guide and our Quick Source. Uh, and so that is really what we're spending time and energy and focus on now. Uh, we're working on bonus content that will bring out the cultural and biblical context so that the leader is better equipped to lead that Bible study discussion. We're also adding more discussion questions that leaders have been asking for. Uh, and we like to make it as simple as possible for leaders to prepare because we know they have multiple responsibilities each week. And we want to just put something in their hands that is easy to use that will lead to a solid Bible study and transformative discussion. Well, Amber, I, I hear your passion and heart in that, and I appreciate that. Uh, just for our listeners out there, I want you all to know over the course of this quarter, Amber will take on more of the leadership role of this podcast. In time, she'll be the host and I'll become the co-host and maybe even a future guest if she invites me. Um, it'll be kind of fun being on the other side of the microphone on, on occasion. Uh, I look forward to seeing how God uses Amber and where she will take Explore the Bible in the future. But now let's focus on the Gospel of John. In the introduction shared in December, when we began our study of John's Gospel, we pointed to John presenting a more spiritual interpretation of Jesus's life, work, and ministry. He wanted to help Christians who are being confronted by false teachings, particularly the beginning stages of a heresy that we know as Gnosticism, which denied the reality of the incarnation. What they, they really didn't hold the idea, believe the idea that Christ took on human flesh, nor was Jesus eternal in his existence. Another way of saying it is that they uh, didn't view Jesus as God the Son. They only viewed him as the Son of God. So they didn't believe Jesus existed prior to his birth. Uh, we also pointed out that John's gospel is not strictly a biography or historical account, but a divinely inspired, carefully written work designed to persuade people that Jesus was God, the eternal God in human flesh. The apostle also intended to move his readers to place faith in Jesus for salvation and to inspire them to follow him faithfully. And that comes from John chapter 20 verses 30 through 31. Now, there's some additional purposes that scholars have suggested. Those are these, that um, he addresses tensions between Jewish and Gentile converts. He refutes the view that John the Baptist was the Messiah. He combats a developing heresy that denied Jesus' true humanity and deity. And to refute the Jewish contention that the law was God's agent in creation. Now, these are all secondary issues that were addressed, but John's primary focus was to demonstrate that Jesus was the Messiah and God the Son, 
and to offer the good news of salvation in Christ to both Jews and Gentiles. As we looked at those first 11 chapters of John, we found six key themes. We found the word, Jesus's relationship to God, faith and belief and how those, those two things relate, the seven signs and the seven I am statements, Jesus's relationship to humans, and a growing persecution by religious leaders. And we'll continue to see that animosity come to fruition from the religious leaders as we look at John 12 through 21. So Amber, I've shared some of those things from the first half of John. What are some of the things that we need to specifically look at when we're studying John 12 through 21? John is such an interesting gospel. In chapter 12, we really turn a corner from studying Jesus's public ministry to his instructions to his disciples about what was to come. Uh, and then, of course, that's followed by his arrest, trial, and crucifixion. The focus is now going to be uh, on Jesus and the time he is spending with his disciples and trying to prepare them as he prepares uh, to go to the cross. Uh, Jesus' miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead was a tipping point. It was a bit of a last straw. And at that point, the Jews and other religious leaders plotted to find him, arrest him, and kill him. And so it's uh, it, it, the, day, the day has dawned. And so the second half of John is just a whole different, a whole different story. We do know a few things. 40% of John's book focuses on Jesus's last week on earth. The Passion Week is what we call that. And so that's a lot of, there's a lot of information there, a lot for us to learn from. Chapters 13 through 18 cover events that take place in a 24-hour time period. So there's, there's a lot of detail there that we can spend some time on and, and learn more about what that what was transpiring at that time. John's gospel, maybe more than the others, just offers such extensive details of Jesus's last hours, but it doesn't stop there. John also includes uh, his account of Jesus's resurrection and his post-resurrection appearances to his followers. So there's a lot to unpack. Some of the themes that we find in the second half of the book are pretty uh, significant ones to our understanding of the church. One theme, Jesus's message that he was going away. As he tried to prepare his disciples, uh, he shared, you know, I am going away. And of course, they struggled to kind of understand exactly what that meant. Uh, during his last meal with his disciples, Jesus was uh, preparing them. And in John 13, 33, he said, I will be going away. So at this point, he is focused on imparting to them what they needed to know and about what was to come and about what their part would be uh, in taking the gospel uh, after that. Not only that, he would go away, but he would prepare a place for them. So he would return for his people. John 14 brings us to that promise that he said, I will go away, I will prepare a place, and then I will come back. And so that is uh, significant. That is a valuable truth for us. Uh, and that was an important part of this second half of John. Yeah, the, the phrases that you mentioned there that stood out to me were go away, prepare a place, come back. You think about those three statements. You have the crucifixion. I'm going to go away. I'm going to prepare a place. It's not the end. My death is not the end. I will come back. 
the promise of eternally being with our Savior, the joy and the hope that's involved in that. Well, that just kind of encapsulates everything John's saying in this study. Amber, I want to say thank you for helping us set the stage for this quarter of study. You know, when I read this passage or these, this book, uh, I, I always think about when someone dear to me passes away. And I think about the last conversation with that person because it takes on new meaning. Now, we may have had other discussions that were more extensive, but those last words seem to overshadow everything that came before. Even as time passes, those final exchanges seem to dominate our memories and color our perceptions of that loved one. We may even find ourselves reliving those last conversations, remembering every detail included in what was going on around us. In his gospel, John dedicates nearly half, 40%, of what he wrote to the week leading up to Jesus' death. And a large portion of those words focus on the last hours of his life. All the actions we find in John 13, 1 through 1942 took place in the final 24 hours leading up to Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. It begins with the washing of the disciples' feet and ends with Jesus' body being placed in a tomb. John included Jesus calling on him to care for Mary in his place, which would have been their final conversation before Jesus' death. During the study of John 12 through 21, we'll walk with John as he relayed those final conversations, those final teachings, predictions, those final prayers, the denials, and those last actions of Jesus. In doing so, we will be reminded of Jesus's purpose, of the hope he offers, and the joy of being a disciple he loves. We look forward to being with you over these next few weeks as we examine John 12 through 21. Mm -hmm.